Pass First Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day, free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine and make it your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers breaking a losing streak and beating a bad Hornets team in Charlotte on a night they honored Damian Lillard as a franchise's all-time leading scorer. I want to talk about that game. I want to talk about Yusuf Nurkic, who was a monster in the second half. He was just fantastic after halftime, helped the Blazers change the tide. And I want to talk about my shifting opinion on the greatest trailblazer of all time. It's Damian Lillard. It changed tonight. It changed tonight on the night the Blazers honored him as their as their franchise's all-time leading scorer. And it's really not about the points. It's not about the points anymore. I mean, it is. It's about the points. It's about everything. But for me, Dame is the greatest Blazer of all time. My opinion has changed. I want to talk about that in the second segment. But first, let's do what we do here. Fastest recap in the West. The Blazers beat the Charlotte Hornets 124-113. Portland improves to 11-2 when they score 115 points. This team can score when they score. They can they win when they don't score. They lose. It's it, the formula is pretty simple. In this one, they scored, but it was ugly early. They were down 34-30 after one. They had eight first quarter turnovers. Every flavor of turnover, live ball, bad turnover, step out of bounds, turnovers, get your pocket pick, turnover, run someone over in transition, turnover, every flavor of turnover. The Blazers were serving them up. The starters turned the ball over. They brought the bench in. The bench turned the ball over. Just, just an, uh, a nightmare. And it didn't get better. They trailed by as many, down as many as seven in the first quarter, but it swelled to as many as 14. Charlotte's up 14 on the road in Portland, on the road, up 14-point lead, and it's like, is this is this really gonna happen? Blazers cut into it late in in the um at the end of the, the second quarter. They down 67-61 at halftime. And why I'm laughing is because my uncle, my uncle Matt, shout out to Uncle Matt, a sometimes listener of this podcast and an always Hornets fan, a lifelong North Carolinian and a long-suffering Hornets fan, sent me the following text message at halftime. At halftime, Matt says. Hornets will lose by more than 10 tonight. He nailed it, Matt. Hornets do lose by more than 10 because they get steamrolled in the third quarter. They go down. They're down 101.95 from up six to down 101.95 in the third quarter. Blazers led by as many as 13 in the third. And Portland steamrolled them 40 points in the third quarter. Outscored Charlotte 40-28. to Yusuf Nurkic led the way with 12 points, 6 boards, and 4 assists in the third quarter. He was 4-4 from the field, 2-2 of from the three-point three line, and 2-2 two of two from the free-throw line. He was fantastic. The Blazers, as a team, in the third quarter, shot 15-23 of 23 from, from the field, 7-13 of 13 from the three-point line. As a team, that's 8-10 of 10 inside the arc if you're scoring at home. 80% of their two-pointers. Um, they got out and ran. They, they got enough stops to make it, make it happen. Happened. They stopped turning the ball over at all costs, which helped their transition defense. And they just, their offense is, can be really good. And the Hornets are not a good defensive team at all in any way, shape or form. And the Blazers made them look like it. They take a six point lead in the third and never look back winning 124, 113 in a game that Charlotte was not out of it, but was never in it down the stretch. Never, never really threatened. That's your fastest recap in the West. Uh, Jeremy Grant led the way with 32 points. He had 10 in the fourth quarter to kind of put the game away for real. Uh, he, he had, you know, 13 at halftime. He was, he was, he was 
pacing the Blazers throughout. He finished with 32 points and 10 boards. Yusuf Nurkic, 28 points, 15 boards, 6 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks, Wow, Nurk. We're going to talk about him a bunch to close the show. He was so good. Anthony Simons had 15 in the first half, finished with 18. Damian Lord did not shoot well. 17 points on three, on 5 of 18, shooting 1 of 10 from 3. Uh, this was the night where they were honoring Dame, and it looked like it was going to, uh, going to get away from him in that second quarter. They found it in the third. Winning a game when Dame doesn't play well is, is always a good sign for this Blazers team. And Dame didn't play well. He just, he finished with 17 points, nine assists, but one of 10, five of 18, you know, 13 missed shots and 17 points is a tough night. Josh Hart had a very Josh Hart night, 11 points, 13 rebounds, three assists to go and one steal in 38 minutes. Starters played too many minutes. We'll talk about that to close the show, but it was something that Chauncey did intentionally to kind of, um, write the ship for write the ship for this team. Uh on the other side, Lamella Ball, 27 points. PJ Washington had 22. Uh Terry Rozier, seven points on two of 17 shooting. He was bad. I think the big takeaway from this game was was two there's two things. Uh, we'll talk about both of them to close the show. But uh, quickly here, you win a game when Dame doesn't play well, that is is great news for the Blazers. Absolutely great news. And you score a bunch when Dame doesn't play well. That's great news. When you get 28 from Nurk and 32 from Jeremy Grant, you are reminded that this team has some real weapons. You know, 15 in the first half to stick to stay with it while while Damon Lord is one of eight in the first half and 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 has 15. Jeremy Grant has 13. Like you just Having other guys who can score is a big deal. Um, and getting the nights that they had and the focus that they had from Nurk on a night like this is um was was really was special and it was a night where where Chauncey Billups leaned in and say leaned into his starters leaned into his core guys and said we really need a win go win it for us uh, I'll talk I want to talk about that in the third segment but after the game Damian Lillard was honored. Uh, Lamar Hurd did a wonderful job as MC of those of of the the moment uh, or the event. They kind of turned the lights down. Everybody stayed uh, in the arena, and they had throughout the game they had been playing little tributes to Dame, and then they had a big sort of ceremony for him. Gave him a little a little trophy, and and Lamar talked about him. It was, it was really nice, and it solidified for me that Damian Lillard is the greatest trailblazer of all time. I want to talk about that moment. I want to talk about the night in general, and I want to talk about why my opinion has changed, and that's what we'll do in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. Uh, how Prize Picks works is you pick between two and six players. You fill out an entry uh, or a ballot. Uh, I call it a ballot. They they call they call it an entry. But you take you fill out an entry and you just pick it over under on the projections they set. So I play basketball and I play on the app. You can also go to PrizePicks.com. But for me, I'm doing NBA because I know NBA and I'm doing the app. And you can pick between points and rebounds and assists and you're just picking over. Or under the projection line set by Prize Picks, it's just you versus Prize Picks. No fields, no experts, no sharks. Just you. Versus the projection lines, if you get it right, you can win up to 25 times your money. But you don't have to get them all right to win. You can say, if you, t- you make four entries, you can say, I want to get three out of four right. Or five, you can say, I want to get four out of five right. You can pick your odds, 
pick your wager, win some money, and then once you do, you get safe and, fa- safe and fast withdrawals on prize picks. Plus, right now, for first-time users, they will match your first deposit up to $100. 100% deposit match. That means you put in $100, give you $100. You put in $50, they give you $50 when you use the promo code Locked On at sign up. So go to prizepicks.com or download the app at, at your mobile app store and use that promo code Locked On when you are signing up and get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. That's Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. All right. Let's talk about Damian Lillard, the greatest trailblazer of all time. Tonight was a night where the Blazers did just a wonderful job honoring Damian Lillard. It is a true bummer that the Blazers um, really stepped on the rake so many times last week and uh, lost a game when Dame became the Blazers' all-time leading scorer, lost the following game after he, he'd become the Blazers' all-time leading scorer in OKC and then kind of got handled by a, a Denver team that's just better than them on Friday. Kind of, um, it didn't make this leading up to this moment where they had announced, hey, you know, in a press release, we're going to honor Dame after this game. It didn't make this moment feel um, earned, I, th- I think is the right word. It didn't It didn't make it feel earned. It, it, it made it feel obligatory and all these things and like, hey, it didn't happen at home. And if it had happened at home, it would have been this really special night. But because it didn't, we kind of got a shoehorn it in here and all these things. And then they were struggling against the Hornets and it was like, are they going to really do this? In fact, on the broadcast, they were talking about how there was like a palpable tension with the team about wanting to like show out for Dame's night. And it was like, Jeremy Grant, can you just dunk a bunch? And Jeremy Grant just did a bunch of, did a bunch of dunking and kind of saved the, saved the Blazers bacon. And, and Yusuf Nurkic had, had such a monster second half that it, that it, that it made it happen. But throughout the game, Throughout the game, there were sprinkled in little uh, video clips that the Blazers have also shared on social media. So if you follow them on the social media platforms, I'm sure you've seen them. But they also uh, played them in the arena throughout throughout the game. Um, and so there was like former teammates like Nicholas Batum and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and a really funny story from Evan Turner. There were, you know... Coaches like Greg Popovich and former Blazers coach Terry Stotts. And St- when Terry Terry got on there, he, he raised a... Terry's incredible. He raised a Dairy Queen, a Dairy Queen Damian Lillard glass, a classic collectible redone for the modern era. Dairy Queen Damian Lillard glass of Damon called him the greatest blazer of all time. And that got me thinking. Um, if Terry Stotts thinks it, one, sure, sure. Terry also hilariously said, I was proud to be there for be there for over 90% of your points. Knowing Terry the way I, I do and the time I've been around him, I bet he did the math. Uh, it, it's, it made me think if, if, if Terry Stotts believes this, someone who's been around the game for as long as he has and is, is, is a, a historian of the game, someone who's who's convinced me strongly that Sean Marion deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Shout out to Terry Stotts. Shout out to Sean Marion. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Get the, get the Matrix in there. But as someone who's been around the league, been around the game as much as Terry thinks Dame is the greatest blazer of all time, and and, and Terry's a lifer, right? He's been he's been in the league for 35 years or was in the league for 35 years before the stretch when he's been out of it. Um, maybe I need to reconsider my opinion. But... I was a young child thousands of miles away. Uh, shout out to my Uncle Matt and a lifelong North Carolinian, you know, who's also living in North Carolina, this guy. And I'm 35 years old. I, I wasn't, uh, I just wasn't old enough to appreciate Clyde at the distance I was. The first NBA basketball team I truly liked, the 1994-1995 Houston Rockets, the NBA champions, with Robert Ory and Mario Eli and Sam Cassell and Hakeem Olajuwon and acquired at the trade deadline Clyde Drexler. 
I don't have a childhood affinity for uh, Blazer's Glide. I don't even really remember Michael Jordan with hair. I am not old enough to truly speak on this level of greatness the way that I think people who were around or, or even people who are my age but just like grew up in the area and were just immersed in it a little a little closer in the way that you could be in the early 90s. Um, that wasn't just newspapers, you know, box scores in newspaper. This game ended up too, this game ended too late. Check again tomorrow. Uh, like uh, it's... I don't have that feel for, for Clyde. I don't. I just don't. I don't. And I, I, I want to be honest about it here. But I have, you know, I'm, a, I'm someone who appreciates the history of the game. I, I like to be, you know, um, be reverent and respectful of, of, the, of the folks that came before and paved the way because Clyde Drexler is a baller. And I've watched enough of the old school games during when I was re-watching games in the pandemic to know how good Clyde was. I know he dribbled with his head down. I know he had a million finishes around the rim and I know he was a much better passer than he gets credit for. Dude could hoop. Good defender too. An all-time great basketball player. In my opinion, up until tonight, Monday, December 26th, as I'm recording this, was that Clyde Drexler is the greatest trailblazer of all time right now. But then when it's all said and done and Dame retires in five, six, seven, eight years, whatever it is, that he'll be the greatest blazer of all time and there really won't be much debate because he'll have every single record and he'll have been a blazer for 20 years and all of those things, right? Like it'll just, it'll, it'll just, it won't be, we won't talk about it because it will be self-evident. And I, I believe that. But then as the LaMarcus Aldridge video played and the Evan Turner video played and the Nick Batum video played and the Will Barton video played and all the former Blazers played and you didn't see Clyde Drexler get on a little cell phone video and say, congrats, Dame, I'm glad it was you. Go Blazers or whatever or whatever. Six seconds on a video. This is we are in the 21st century. All of us carry computers in our pocket with high-definition cameras. It's very easy to do this. Some of my colleagues shoot their video podcasts on a dang phone. It can be done. The fact that Clyde Drexler is absentee, completely absentee, means he can't be the greatest Blazer of all time. He could be the best basketball, best player the Blazers have had, the best, the best talent to wear a Blazers uniform. But he cannot be the greatest Blazer of all time because the soft stuff matters. Being here matters. Wanting to, giving even a moment of consideration to the franchise over the last 30 years matters. It matters. You cannot be the greatest Blazer of all time if you are absentee. My opinion has changed. Thanks to the Nick Batums, the Evan Turners, the Terry Stotzes, the Greg Popoviches, and everybody else. Uh, the Blazers also had one on social media with like a bunch of the current very good basketball players, Kevin Durant and, and Giannis or and uh, Jason Tatum. I don't think Giannis did it, but like Steph Curry congratulating him on what it means to be, uh, you know, the franchise's all-time leading scorer. It, it, it's, a, it's a big thing that the Blazers made real efforts to get people to give Dame a little video congratulations, and the, the living legend that he passed just didn't show up. You know what they did for the Clyde Drexler thing is they played like a cool highlight video in the arena, uh, played some kind of somber, cool music and played some slow motion Clyde highlights. It was tight. Clyde is a really, really fun basketball player, but he wasn't there. So why Damian Lillard is the greatest uh, blazer of all time? Why he's the greatest to ever do it in the uniform is because of the numbers, right? He scored all those points. It was, uh, Dame wore a mic tonight. There's a really funny one where, a funny moment where he, um, 
he was he had he was going to throw a lob to Drew Eubanks on the fast break, but Eubanks, even when the ball was coming to him, was like, "Is this for real? A lob pass to me from Damian Lord?" And it was super awkward exchange, and they caught them on the on the bench during the mic at a mic'd up segment they played on Blazers broadcast, and and Dame was like. I'm going to give it to you in that situation. He's like, and and trust me, if there's one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to go score. Like I can get my points. So in those situations, I'm going to get, I'm going to get them for you. And Drew Eubank said something to the effect of, yeah, you got 18,000 and counting. It's like, yeah, he has 18,000 points. He's fine. He doesn't need two of them. The points matter. The 18,041 plus matter. He's going to set a record that nobody's going to touch for a long, 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 long time. And probably ever the way the league works now. Dame's going to be your, the greatest scorer in franchise history. But why Dame is the greatest is because being the greatest and your admiration for him means something. He, your appreciation of Damian Lillard means something to Damian Lillard. Your affection for him as the icon, as the face of the franchise means something to Dame. It means something to him. It is, it is meaningful to, for him to be that person for you. And that's what the greatest blazer of all time is. As the numbers get closer, and he's been on more All-NBA teams, and he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a seven-time All-Star this year. Clyde made eight in a Blazers uniform. As the numbers get closer, and obviously Clyde's going to have the team success thing until Dame passes him or doesn't, but I think it's safe to bet that Clyde will, will have the team success, the two trips to the finals, all that. But as the numbers get closer, the soft stuff matters, and I've changed my tune. Before I was wait and see, and I knew that it would change by 2025, I'm here. Before we get hit 2023, on, the mon- on Monday, December 26th, at about 11 p.m. Portland time, Damian Lord is the greatest blazer of all time. I am no longer debating it. To close the show, I want to talk about the big third quarter. I want to talk about Yusuf Nurkic. And I want to talk about a thing Chauncey Billups did tonight with the lineups that I think is meaningful because it shows that Billups is um, accepting the reality of the Blazers as they stand currently and having to do some coaching because of it. That's what we'll we'll talk about to close the show. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Bet Online. It's it's just the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Whatever that sports action might be, you're going to find out on Bet Online. NBA games, NHL games, MLB futures, you're going to find combat sports, you're going to find golf, you're going to find tennis, you're going to find whatever you're looking for as soccer heats back up around the globe after the World Cup break, you're going to get that as well. So why not go check it out? Take advantage, have some fun, maybe try to win a little money. That's bet online where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. This game changed in the third quarter when the when the Blazers blew it open, outscored uh, outscored Charlotte forty to twenty eight, and they and that was keyed by an aggressive, in control, and straight up highly effective Yusuf Nurkic. He was fantastic in a, in the third quarter, fantastic. He had twelve 
12 points, six boards, four assists, didn't miss a shot, made two threes, added two more threes late in the game, excuse me, three more threes late in the game, finished five of six from deep, uh, a career-high five made threes, including his first five. The other When he hit his final one from the corner, he gave a big old smile, excuse me, five of seven from deep, hit his first five though, gave a big old smile like, yeah, when he hit his third one, he did a Jordan shrug. My man was killing it, and he was killing it by being aggressive, doing big guy stuff, right? Like being big. Being bigger than than Mason Plumley, beasting him. When they put Mark Williams in there, the the uh, the rookie who who played his first like significant minutes tonight or a real real significant minutes, he played his fourth game ever with the Hornets. Yusuf Nurkic bullied him. He said, "Okay, young fella, you're you are not big enough. I'm I'm seven foot three hundred pounds, and I'm going to play like it." You mix that in with the the three point shooting. Nurk is Nurk can be a real factor. Is Nurk gonna make five threes every night? No, he is not. No, he's not. It's just it's silly to consider it like that, right? Like you doesn't it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be, oh, Nurk, why doesn't Nurk become a long-range bomber? Why doesn't Nurk become a stretch five? Why doesn't he do this and that? I think it could be as simple as this. On Friday night, Yusuf Nurkic plays against Nikola Jokic. Two-time MVP, dude is about to average a triple-double in the league. He's like, he keeps doing stuff that only Wilt Chamberlain has ever done. He's an all-time great player. He's a monster. He's incredibly hard to guard. And Yusuf Nurkic fouls out in 22 minutes trying to deal with him. If the Blazers are going to be good, Yusuf Nurkic needs to play better than that against Nikola Jokic and, and the like, right? Like, if they're if the Blazers are going to be truly competitive, Nurk needs to play 28 minutes and, and not, you know, not get in foul trouble, not foul out of the game with eight minutes left, all those things. But getting dominated by Jokic is not an indictment of Nurk. The indictment of Nurk is when he doesn't dominate a Mason Plumlee of the world. To me, Yusuf Nurkic is like a right at league average, slightly above average NBA center. When the elite centers have their way with him, when it's when it is easy for the Nikola Jokic's and Joel Embiid's and even Bam Adebayo's against Nurk and Anthony Davis's against Nurk, it's like. Yeah, that stinks. He's not at that level. When he is not dominant against the Alperin Shangoons and the Mason Plumleys, uh, you know, and and uh, the Jalen Durans or Isaiah Stewarts, whoever you want to call the center in, in in Detroit, like when he's not dominant against those guys. When he struggled when he first came back uh, last week after missing a couple games with injury and came back against OKC and he couldn't dominate OKC. That was a much bigger indictment of Nurk than than struggling against the best of the best. For me. The Yusuf Nurkic I want to see is that when Yusuf Nurkic has an advantage, he scores 21 points and grabs 10 boards in the second half against against the Hornets. The Blazers were wayward in the first half. They were not playing much defense. They were turning the ball over. They were giving out easy transition opportunities. And Yusuf Nurkic, the very same, was the guy who calmed them down, got some easy buckets, got the rhythm going by scoring easy inside, made an important, you know, a three-pointer to keep the run going. He was the guy that calmed the waters. Jeremy Grant brought him home. He was really good in the first half and really good in the fourth quarter. But Yusuf Nurkic in that third quarter helped righted the ship, got things back, got him out of the choppy water, got it into the flat water so they could cruise, so they could just put the sails up and get home. They needed to get home and get a win. For me, the Yusuf Nurkic I want to see is when you are playing guys that you're better than better than or have a physical advantage against, go to it. 
instead of, for me, I think a lot of the conversation around Nurk moves the goalposts. It's like, oh, he had a good game, but blah, blah, blah. I don't want to move the goalposts. I want to, I want to squarely put them right here. Nurk against guys, he's against the lower class of centers in the league, go dominate. That's what you want to see. Go dominate. And he doesn't need a million post touches to dominate. I think, I think um, he can run pick and rolls and, and, and t- get touches at the elbow and mix in three, four post-ups and be okay. Uh, now that his three-point his three point shot is reliable, I got to chill. I still, when I see him shoot threes, I'm like, okay, he makes five threes in a game. That's on me. I got it. I'm the one who needs to shut up. So I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up. I will never comment on a Nurk three again, um, unless it's outrageous. I, re- I do reserve the right to comment on outrageous threes because I'll comment on anyone's outrageous three. But he can, he, in, in matchups that he just has a physical advantage in, go get it. And that's what Nurk did. Props to him. Props to him. He he was the guy who, who who got the Blazers going, steadied them, and played wonderfully because Damian Lord was having a bad shooting night. Um, Amphrey Simons had a quiet second half. It was Nurk and, and Jeremy Grant and some Josh Hart hustle plays, and that's what keyed them. And it was also some good coaching by Chauncey Billups. Justice Winslow missed this game, and prior to the game at about 5 p.m., a couple hours before tip-off, the Blazers announced that Justice Winslow has a pretty bad ankle sprain and is going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Like his his, It looked bad when he landed on Kendrick Williams' um, leg, the way he left the court. He was very not really putting weight on it. Looked bad. You know, Whenever a guy leaves quickly, heads to the back, immediately ruled out, it's like, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm a podcaster, but it didn't seem good. He's now going to be out for at least two weeks, which means the Blazers are super shorthanded on like dudes who could defend off the bench who he thought it was going to be. We haven't seen GP yet, but he might be back Friday. Nazir Little's out for an extended period. Now you're missing Nazir, or now you're missing Justice Winslow for a couple weeks. That's like all of your good bench wing defenders. That's all the guys who you thought were going to be good plus defenders off the bench to kind of change this team. Instead, you are playing shorthanded. And the, and the last against... Uh, Denver, and in the first half against Charlotte, Chauncey Billups went to an Amphrey Simons plus bench lineup that was a mess. And it's just, it just, it's untenable. It's just, it's, it, it's, there's just not enough talent on the floor. It's, it's Amphrey Simons, Keon Johnson, Shaden Sharp, Trenton Watford, and Drew Eubanks. It's Ant plus the bench, and, and it's really Ant plus the deep bench, right? Like it's not Ant plus Gary Payton and Nazir Little, right? Borderline starters. It's Ant in the deep bench. And they just do not, they cannot get enough stops to be competitive. And they're so reliant on Amphrey Simons to score, 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 score to have any chance on offense. I like Keon Johnson. I think he's a good basketball player. He's not quite ready to be consistently very good, um, you know, with a team that has playoff aspirations. Drew Eubanks is a fun basketball player with good touch around the rim. He's... he doesn't have a lot of individual offense. Shaden Sharp has looked like a teenager recently, and Trenton Watford has had a couple kind of stinkers in a row. Um, he, he's, it's That lineup wasn't going to work. It's not enough talent, not enough scoring, not enough defense on the court. So Chauncey Billups scrapped it. He scrapped it. Uh, Shaden Sharp did not play in the in the second half. And what Billups did was he brought, he took Grant and Nurk out a little earlier than their more, their typical subs and brought in Trenton Watford and Drew Eubanks to play with the starters. And then to open the fourth quarter, it was Grant and Nurk on the court, as opposed to that all bench lineup, which had played the, the even quarters to begin the even quarters of each of the last three halves. That lineup worked. It was better. It helped them stay afloat. Jeremy Grant was was playing really well. Yusuf Nurkic was playing really well. It was a good decision that that if you're a long-time listener to the show, you know the only thing I think coaches do when the game starts is decide who plays and when. 
This is a crucial who plays and when moment. It was a substitution that helped that helped a lineup that absolutely wasn't working. Scrap that lineup. Go to put, keep better players on the floor and go get it. You might have to keep doing that depending on the availability of Gary Payton. And when he comes, if assuming he comes back Friday, I think there's a pretty good chance he comes back at Golden State based on the reporting from Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report. But if he doesn't, because who knows with, with Payton at this point, literally who knows. Um, if he's if he's not there, like if he's if he's not ready, you're gonna have this group for the foreseeable future for 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 until you don't, right? The handful more games. You're not the rest of the injured guys aren't gonna come back. So you're going to have to do something like this. However, the minutes count tonight. Josh Hart, 38. Jeremy Grant, 36 plus. Yusuf Nurkic, 36. Amphrey Simons, 38 and a half. Damian Lillard, 38. That's untenable. And to have to play all of your dudes 38, 36 to 38 minutes against the Hornets isn't going to work. Trina Watford played 15 off the bench. Keon played 18. I thought he was fine. Drew Eubanks had 12. And Shane Sharp played one shift, seven minutes, and then he played the last 30 seconds of the game. Uh, six and a half minutes, last 30 seconds of the game. This worked tonight, and it is a good solution because of what you needed to do. But it, at some point, Billups is going to have to shake up the rotation even more to keep two of Grant, Nurk, and Dame on the court at all times. I think you, you know, there was part of me that thought that Josh Hart was going to get some secondary, some minutes with the second unit with some on-ball opportunities. We haven't seen that. And now with Justice Winslow out, I think now is the time to experiment a little bit with that. You would have to bring Shane Sharp in pretty early to get to that or bring, um, or bring Keon in pretty early to get to that. Um, it's, it's not, maybe not perfect, like just like who you have available wise. But avoiding that ant plus bench lineup in creative ways, you got to do it and trying to shave three, four minutes off everybody's time. What I assumed was Nurk was going to play the first little bit of the fourth quarter and then they're going to bring Drew Eubanks back. That's a way you could steal three minutes for Nurk, like have Nurk play from 12 to 9, sit from 9 to 6 and come back and close the game. They didn't do that because I think Nurk was humming and they just wanted to make sure that they won and Chauncey Pope, he knows this team need a win. But I think there's I think there's ways to tweak the rotation. I think this was a really good start, but they got to do that more moving forward. And if you get monster nights from Nurk, it makes everything easier. Blazers got a long time off. They do not play again until Friday in in uh, in San Francisco. So uh, time to time to heal up. Time to get some practice in. Um, time to probably enjoy the longest downtime you'll have until the All Star break until February. So um, this is this is the. The Blazers enter a, a softer stretch of their schedule. They really needed a win. They got that win. And now um, it's a chance for them to make sure that they stay up in that seven, six, seven, eight, even higher spot in the crowded Western Conference because this is the easiest part of their schedule. We will talk about that schedule in an upcoming episode. Look ahead. Talk about what January is going to bring and all of that into, into 2023. We got more shows later this week. We're gonna we're gonna talk dameless minutes, how the Blazers have performed without Damian Lillard on the court, and a meaningful stat I've tracked for years. We're bringing it back later this week. Gonna I got an interview. I'm trying to I'm trying to nail down. It's gonna be a whole bunch of fun. Come join me. Tell your friends. Make it your first listen every single day. Tell your friends to do the same. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.